0: Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
1: Hey, guys. Welcome back to Friend of a Friend. It's your host, Olivia Perez. I'm a journalist, interviewer, and the creator of the show, where we sit down with some of my friends, your friends, and new friends to host inspiring but really down-to-earth conversations with some of my favorite luminaries who are making good change. Today's guest, you guys might remember from last year because we featured her in her business as one of the Black-owned businesses that we love on this podcast, Dr. Shaneev Janatin. She's a board certified oculofacial plastic surgeon, the founder of Epilogic, and the owner and brains behind one of New York's most popular cosmetic treatment destinations, Brooklyn Face and Eye. As one of only 500 oculofacial plastic surgeons in the world, Dr. Janatin is the go-to resource for all your upgrade questions, from Botox to filler to under eye treatments and more. In this episode, she fills us in on her do's and don'ts when it comes to our faces how she built a cult favorite skincare line, which actually was a part of the Glossier grant last year, and answer some of your plastic surgery questions submitted via Instagram. I hope you guys love this episode and it gives you as much information as you guys need when it comes to cosmetic procedures and more. If you haven't subscribed to the show, when you find yourself coming back and listening, take the time to subscribe and leave us a review. It really helps in terms of growth. And if you love the show, please share it with your friends. As you know, I love seeing when you guys are listening so take a screenshot, tag me on Instagram, I'm at Liv Perez. I always reshare if you're listening. Here's my friend, Dr. Shaneep Janaton. How are you? Great. How are you, Olivia? I'm good. Where are you calling in from? So I'm in Brooklyn
0: and I'm in my uh, dining room.
1: How about you? Where are you? I'm in LA. Um, I was in New York for about nine or so years. Um, I went to college there and then I stayed after and I loved it. It was just, it was the best way to kind of be in your young 20s. Um, But when COVID happened, I actually moved back home um, because my boyfriend lives here and my family's here. And I just thought it would probably be the smartest choice. Makes sense. So I say this every time I interview somebody in in beauty, but I love interviewing people in the beauty industry because I think it's something that's, it's one of those industries that plays such a big role in your childhood. I think everybody has these like first moments that they interact with beauty. And I'd love to know if there's one that comes to mind for you that felt um, like it pulled you in that direction. Yeah.
0: So like different from most beauty founders, I'm actually like, I'm much different in that regard. I was kind of like a plain Jane all through my growing up. I like suffered from like a little bit of acne, but like I couldn't be bothered, you know, for the most part, I was just like, whatever, get on with it. But I'll say that when I was in residency, I remember so clearly that I had just finished a super tough exam and I decided to treat myself to a facial actor and it was actually like my first facial I never had one before and the facialist went like extra hard on the extractions and I developed post-inflammatory hybrid pigmentation like everywhere and I was horrified and then like I did this like super deep dive into skincare and active ingredients and like there was no turning back from there. Like I actually like learned about all the different acids and how you should use one compared to the other. And like, you know, what sort of strengths are appropriate for home use. And like, it was just like, it was game on. I was just like, it's like science takes care of your fate. What? Like I was, I was shook, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, I love, I'm so inspired by the work that you do because I think there's, there is a really beautiful marriage of the two, I think of science and beauty. And I love how intentional you've been about bringing those two together.
0: Yeah. It's like, it's the ethos behind my practice. And it's the ethos behind my skincare line, EpiLogic.
1: You know, I created
0: EpiLogic because, you know, when I, whenever I was in the office and I was chatting with the ladies I was taking care of, like, I felt like it was incomplete if I wasn't giving skincare advice, right? Like, you know, you're going to come into the office and you're going to do all this great stuff with me, but like, let's make sure you're taking care of the essentials at home. And I would recommend all these different clinical skincare products. And they would look at me like I had 17 heads and they're like, I don't want to use that stuff, right? Like it looks boring and medicinal and like, there's no, like, there's no self-love in it. You know, like everyone craves that ritual of like a really good self-care skincare regimen.
1: And the best thing, like when you wake up in the morning and you're excited about it, like there's no better feeling than that.
0: Absolutely. And like the fact that we get to like carve out two times of the day for that for ourselves, regardless of what madness is happening in our lives is like actually like such a beautiful thing. And here I was like recommending things that like, you know, just weren't fun, like didn't make you excited to take care of your face. And I was just like, why is that? Like, why can't clinical skincare be beautiful? Why can't it be luxe? Why can't it be indulgent? So I decided to marry those two worlds. So that's basically what inspired Epilogic.
1: And you have a really specific background in the medical space. I'd love to hear a little bit about that road into, I know it's called oculofacial plastic surgeon, which is, I was doing a lot of research on it because I was so curious about it. There's only apparently 500 people in the world who are certified as this doctor. So I'd love to hear a little bit about what that road was like to you and if being interested in the eye was something that always piqued your interest.
0: Yeah, so oculofacial plastic surgery is like, it's a such a mouthful and all it means to say is like eye and face plastic surgeon, right? So the road to become an oculofacial plastic surgeon involves first dedicating your training to ophthalmology, which is like care of the actual eye. And after a while, I realized that I loved being outside of the eye more than inside the eye surgically. Um, I just love that eyelid plastic surgery, there was like this interesting dynamism between like form and function, right? Like you want to make it beautiful, but it still has to do so much, right? It has to protect the eye. And like, I'll be honest with you. The first time I saw an eye surgery, I was just like, I was awestruck. I was like, it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen just because it's so delicate and refined and like elegant, right? Like, I don't know that um, you typically think of surgery in that way. So that's what brought me to oculofacial plastic surgery. It's so fun because in my day-to-day, I get to treat such a myriad of conditions, right? So I'm taking care of cosmetic issues. So somebody has a little bit of tear trough and dark circles. I'm doing some eyelid filler. Someone has a skin cancer. I cut it out and I reconstruct an eyelid. A child is born with a droopy eyelid and can't see. i raise that up. Um, so there's so many different things I get to do in my day-to-day, which makes it never boring, like super, super satisfying.
1: That's amazing. What has been like the most maybe inspiring like case that you've, that comes to mind for you that you've worked on?
0: So every year I participate in a volunteer mission and we go to the Dominican Republic and basically we take care of like gang loads of people like we're there once a year so everyone knows in the community is like if you have an eye problem you wait for this crew to come in and they'll help you wow and literally like we'll take care of so many children in a day it's kind of cool so it's not the one case it's just that you see all these kids who've literally waited all year for your care and they have an eyelid that's so droopy that literally they can't see and their vision won't develop and in a surgery I do that takes like 20 minutes you can lift their eyelid and like change their lives and you get to do that back to back to back to back. It's like, I'm there for a week and we do so many cases. It's like so super
1: rewarding. That's amazing. So now you have your own practice in Brooklyn, which is incredible. And I know so many amazing people who love visiting you and swear by your services. It's called Brooklyn Face and Eye. Can you tell us a little bit about what the inspiration was to start your own practice?
0: I guess it has to do with being like a little neurotic and somewhat of a control freak. You know, like I I worked at a lot of practices. Yeah, it was just like, (laughs) You know, I care about how my patients are greeted. And when I work somewhere else, I don't, I don't have that control, right? I care about how much time I get to spend with my patients. And like when you're an employee of another institution or another practice, it's not up to you. They just kind of like hand you a schedule. And like, I, I don't know, like, I think, I think a full beauty treatment, it's like, it's about the kiki, like come in, let's like hang out. Let's
1: like a hundred percent.
0: Let's figure out where you are, where you're going, and like I can best serve you. It's really not so mechanical as you come in, it's a 15 minute visit, I do the thing, and then you're gone. Like, I don't know. I feel like if I don't get to connect with my patient on some level besides like the needle to the face, right, then I failed. You know, like there has to be something else that transpires
1: between us. Well, I also think it's like one of the most personal things ever, like it's all, and especially for a patient that comes and sees you, it is a pretty vulnerable position to be in, to talk about changes that you want made or things that you're insecure about.
0: Absolutely. And when you have someone else, when you work in another practice and they're knocking on the door and they're like, you're taking too long, you have to move on to the next. I'm just like, what? You know, like I, yeah. So it was pretty obvious early on that I needed to do my own thing.
1: We'll be right back after a quick break. Did any of you do dry January this year? If so, I'm sure I'm not alone in saying that after the first time I did it, I didn't want to stop. No hangovers, no brain fog, and honestly, I love a good non-alcoholic drink. My favorite is Kineuphorix, the first non-alcoholic drink for grownups who care about the little things like brain function, hormone harmony, and de-stressing after an insane day. Kineuphorix are stacked with the good stuff and none of the bad. Think adaptogenic herbs and mushrooms that can help curb stress in the moment and over time as well as nootropics that support cognitive function like clarity, memory, and creativity. Plus, it's a brand built by women for women, which is something I know this community always loves to support. We've worked out a special deal for Friend of a Friend listeners, receive 15% off plus free shipping on your order. And if you're ordering for your first time, trust me, order the High Road. It's a calming flavor that goes great with the soda and lime after a long day of quarantine. It's my favorite. Go to kenuforx.com backslash Olivia or use code Olivia at checkout to claim the deal. That's K-I-N-E-U-P-H-O-R-I-C-S dot com slash Olivia.
0: Have you ever found weird things in a vagina? Have you found yourself needing multiple partners to fulfill your desires? Hey, guys, I'm Dr. Jacqueline Walters, a board-certified OBGYN. It is so important that we know how and when to ask the right questions, whether you're in front of your doctor or just hanging out with your good girlfriends. Now, I wanted to create Dr. Jackie's point of view because sometimes you need to just hear the unfiltered good old Dr. Jackie. I will inspire, uplift, and educate women and men on the who, what, when, and where of things we balance daily. Make sure you subscribe to Dr. Jackie's Point of View and tune in every Thursday.
1: So I'm sure that there are people listening right now that are curious because I, as we were saying, like, I do feel like the eyes are kind of the most overlooked, like, you know, you can go in and maybe get fillers in or like Botox in the crow's eyes or like the crow's at the corner of your eye. Like, what are some other things that you find yourself most doing when it comes to the eye?
0: So the things you mentioned are far and away the most popular the Mm -hmm. minimally invasive treatments, like a little bit of under eyelid filler, a little bit of Botox to relax some fine lines. Um, But I also am a surgical subspecialist around the eyes. Um, So when people start to develop bags that they can't camouflage with just a little bit of filler, um, that's something I take care of from them. When someone's brows get a little bit droopy, if it's just mild, I can address some Botox, some filler. If not, I can do a surgical brow lift. Um, Also, people will get droopy eyelids that make them just sort of look tired all the time. And so I can go ahead and raise those so they look a little bit more normal and refreshed.
1: I feel like right now, if there's anything that I'm hearing the most when it comes to plastic surgery or like cosmetic touch-ups, it's the filling under the eyes. Mm-hmm. That's so all in popular.
0: Hearing. So popular. It like takes a path of my day. I think we're all tired of looking tired, right? Everyone's just like, this does not reflect my energy. Like, why, why do my eyes look this way? And it's just such an I mean, it's so minimally invasive. There's so little downtime, and it has such a profound effect on just brightening up someone's eyes and kind of like how you feel about yourself when you look at your reflection in the morning, right? So um, it is incredibly popular.
1: Do you feel like that is the real solve to under eye, whether it's darkness or circles, or do you think that there are people at home that can really solve that with under eye cream?
0: So, under eye cream can only do so much, right? I think the real benefit of an under eye cream is prevention of fine lines and a little bit of brightening if you have some pigment starting to um, deposit. For true dark circles caused by a hollow, there's no amount of under eye cream that you're going to use that's going to actually give you structural support deep to the skin, right? If you think about it, if there's a shadow being created because you have a hollow, there's no amount of topical anything you're going to apply to the skin surface that's gonna give you more volume deep to the skin.
1: Yeah, I feel like I've had so many, oh my God, I've tried so many eye creams that I feel like just kind of like sit on my face and I'm like, yeah, this is probably not working for me.
0: It's such a shame that the marketing just like, I mean, it's shameless. Like they they make all these It's definitely shameless. And it's just like, whoa, <laughs> how bold, you know?
1: Totally. And you know, some of them can be really expensive. Like I've seen ones that are like two, three hundred dollars and it's like you know, I think that there's a lot of misinformation there when it comes to actually figuring out how to remedy that situation.
0: Yeah. Like I said, I'm not saying that eye creams are a waste of your time. It's just, there are certain things they can do and certain things they can't.
1: Yeah. And I feel like also something that I like lo- have been recently loving like to do in my routine is like, I love ice. I love shade rolling. I love doing all that, but especially around my eyes. Like I actually feel like that's the the tip that actually gets like things going for me in the day. Like if I wake up with really dark circles, like within an hour, if I've iced or I've rolled or like put cold spoons, like that's really where I've seen the difference in kind of getting the circulation going versus like just putting something on there to maybe get rid of the color.
0: Absolutely. It's a recommendation I make to my patients all the time. If you're someone that wakes up with like a really boggy, congested looking eye area in the morning, by all means a little guasha, a little jade roller. Even if you want to put your eye cream on and just kind of like do it with a little bit more love so you're like giving yourself a little massage with it in the morning, it does work. There are like very simple interventions that will give you results, but I'll just say, you know, it's temporary. But you have to repeat it every day. I wouldn't necessarily buy a Gua thinking that it's gonna change your eye area over time.
1: So I did, I posted um, an MD Q&A on my Instagram yesterday for a lot of people to submit questions for this. And it was interesting to see how many people really um, the majority of questions came in about fillers and when to know the right time is, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on like when is somebody a viable candidate for for your services, whether it's fillers or Botox or any of the um, other services that you provide.
0: So obviously, I'm biased because I myself started really young, right? Like I started in like my mid to early twenties ish. Right. Right. And I say when, so I'm really cautious about fillers in the young because I just think like, if you don't have volume loss, like let's not be crazy, you know, but if you're starting, yeah. If you're starting to notice that things are shifting and you're starting to collect shadows in certain places, then by all means you're a candidate. I'm like a huge proponent of just evaluating the face in terms of like how light and shadow hits it. It's not necessarily about sort of like, making sure you have no lines or no wrinkles. Cause I don't think that ever looks natural, but like if you're collecting right. shadows in a certain area, by all means, we just want to sort of make sure that you don't look tired because of that. Botox on the other hand, there is, there is unfortunately some, some evidence that prejuvenation works, right? So that if you quiet those muscles, that if they were to repetitively contract, give you skin furrows, if you sort of interrupt that process, you're more likely to not develop wrinkles later on. But with that, you just need a very soft sprinkle. And you can, you know, do that maybe like twice a year and still get a really lovely result.
1: Yeah, so I tried doing that. I don't know if it's just my skin type. I do have like pretty dry skin that will also get like super oily at times. Definitely, actually, definitely combination skin. But I did try doing Botox when I was younger and I still do it to this day, but I definitely didn't feel by the way, it's my favorite thing ever. I obviously love it. But like, I definitely didn't feel like it was like something that stopped it from happening. Like I kind of was like, okay, it's happening anyways. Like that's just like a part of, of life. I didn't really feel that it was like getting, like, even though I I think I started when I was 23. Like I still, I still have them. If that makes sense.
0: Do you mind if we kind of do a deep dive? I'm happy to like work through this. Yeah. Let's do it. (laughs) So where, what areas did you get treated?
1: Okay, so I had done my forehead, and I did my crows, and I believe that was it. And then one time, I went back in, and I did... I did right here on the lower end of my eyebrows because I had, I had been recommended, Oh, it'd give you just a little bit of a lift.
0: So that does happen when you sort of take like a little bit more of a baby Botox approach, right? If you do the light little sprinkle, you will have the lines come back. Did you find that you got the lines back in all the areas you had treated or just one in particular?
1: Well, I'm super expressive. Like Mm -hmm. I'm, Oh, I'm, I talk a lot. My face moves a lot when I talk. So yeah, I mean, I found that the the lines on my forehead, they won't go away. Like I'm going to have them forever. Like it will definitely be like a Botox that touch up thing that I have to have for a while, but I did get them pretty young. And I feel like that's like, do you feel like that's kind of, are you seeing that a lot in like people in their twenties who are like squinting at their phone a lot or like maybe on their starting kind of young in that? Have you seen that?
0: I don't know. I'll be honest with you. When someone comes in to see me, I literally just chat them up for quite a while and Yes, I'm interested in what they would have to say, but I'm more interested in how they move their face, right? Like, everyone kind of recruits different muscle groups in a different way, and rather Mm -hmm. just have you make these predetermined clinical poses. Like, I just want to see what the world is seeing. And then if I see tension creep up in a certain part of someone's face, I'm like, aha, I I got it. I got your face to break. Like, I see where you hold it, and that's where we're going to treat, you know? Um, So it is very sort of, like, individual.
1: That's so interesting.
0: Yeah you just you really have to get someone animated and see like what their face wants to do and it's so different for everyone you know
1: and we just talked about a little bit about how this process cannot be a little i feel manipulative is is too strong of a word but how you can definitely be in like a vulnerable position when you're with your doctor for people who are not in new york and aren't able to come see you what's your best piece of advice for really advocating for yourself properly and making sure that you're heard in that room with a doctor
0: I just think that sometimes patients clam up when they're in the room. I think there's the right. natural anxiety about a procedure about to happen, and if you know yourself to be that type, write all the questions down before you get in there so you don't have to worry about brain fog in the moment. If the person's not taking the time to actually address your questions and like hear your concerns, know that they're not really paying attention, period. Right? Like They're half in the room, half out of the room. So make sure that like, you can make sure that you can articulate what exactly you're looking for, both in what you want to achieve and also what you're concerned about. Like, hey, I've seen this. Is it, is, I'm, you know, I noticed my face does this. I really want to make sure that I'm not going to end up looking that way. If someone will not take the time and actually parse out all your concerns and give you realistic answers, um, you're in the wrong place. Another thing I'll say is there's such a stigma around these procedures. I know. For a fact that a lot of my patients are friends and they don't tell each other that they get these procedures done right like i
1: i still think that's crazy it is crazy it is it's like you know i think being open if it's something that we're all doing in in to an extent the lack of transparency in that i think is such a disservice to us
0: I mean if you have a friend that's like gotten the glow up recently chances are she's not just drinking more water right like it'd be great if like we were all just really honest and open and can share recommendations you know she yeah. found the good doctor that's the person you want to go see
1: something that has been really helping my skin is your products you sent me the master plan a couple i'd say oh my god it's months back i feel like it was a couple of weeks ago and it is truly i i love your product line i think from your packaging to how intentional the products are, like it must have been such a validating experience to be a doctor, be in your position, have patients come in every day, identify a problem, and then be able to solve it yourself.
0: I mean, it was definitely a journey. I can't say that like bringing the product line to fruition was easy. I was a little bit naive about what it would take. I, Olivia, Like I may sound like such a dummy right now, but I was just like, oh yeah, I have this idea for a product line six to eight months, I'll be done. Right. And then, oh my God, fast forward. It took me like three to four years. Right. Because it takes a while to get right. Like, and I cared. So it took me, it took me a long time. I was very frustrated. I'm not going to lie. I wanted to give up a a couple of times through it, but then you're like, it's already been two years. I can't give up now Or you tried so hard. So you sort of like power through. Um, Honestly, if I knew how long it would take it, I might not have started the process so that little bit of ignorance like served me well um but the products have been well received you know it all worked out in the hands i'm like thrilled that it's doing so well and people are enjoying the product so much but i will be the first person to say i was pretty naive
1: we'll be right back after a quick break before you leave the house you always do that checklist phone keys wallet mask it's time to add one more thing before you walk out the door birdie is the newest essential addition to your routine It's a personal safety alarm designed to be easy to carry and simple to use. Sometimes it's actually really hard to not worry about the what-ifs in life, especially when it comes to our safety. So you need a birdie. When you activate your birdie with a quick pull, the alarm will emit a loud 130 decibel siren and flashing strobe light to help deter an attack. And by purchasing a birdie, you're also giving back. They donate 5% of all profits to its partner organizations that passionately support women's safety, shelter, and health. They donated about $50,000 last year across multiple organizations, like Alexandria House, a transitional residence that provides safe and supportive housing for women and children in the process of moving from emergency shelter to permanent housing. Right now, She's Birdie is offering our listeners 15% off your purchase when you go to she'sbirdie.com friend. Go to she'sbirdie spelled S-H-E-S-B-I-R-D-I-E dot com friend for 15% off your first purchase. That's she's slash friend. In thinking about how long it took you, I think anyone in there, anybody that's passionate about something, you want to get it right. So I can understand why it took more time than you anticipated. But I'd love to hear a little bit about as somebody, you know, as we've all heard in the past couple minutes, how intentional you are about the work that you do and how much detail you like to put into it. I'd love to hear about like what those key pillars were of what you wanted to bring into the brand and what you wanted to make sure was happening.
0: So I think the first thing was that it worked, right? Like I cared a lot about efficacy. There's no way that I was gonna offer these products to my patients who are like so near and dear to me and not make sure that it was worth their while. I'll tell you, it's, I have so many like faces that come to mind as I'm thinking of this. Like, you know, my patients will bring in like the bag of skincare, like this is what I use. And there's all this stuff. And I'm like, girl, what's this all about? And she's like, I don't know. You tell me, <laughs> you know, like there are all these dollars spent all this time wasted and you look at these ingredient lists and it's just filler and you're like what is it and they're like oh but it smells lovely or it like you know it feels good on right so i was just like let's let's get you that lovely experience you're looking for you don't have to waste your time you don't have to waste your money you can still get results there and at the same time you could tell there was all of this confusion like we've chat a little bit about sort of all of the misinformation and all of the marketing claims that are a bit dubious I wanted to simplify the line too. I tried to sort of make each product as multitasking as I possibly could so that we don't have to have a really crowded countertop in our bathrooms anymore, right? Like I just wanted to make sure it was really simple, easy, effective, and still indulgent. Something that's like super important to me as well is just like, I just feel like skin of color is not spoken to, right? So I wanted to make sure that Everyone who picked up the product line could know that it was safe for them and their skin tone and type was considered in the formulation.
1: I love that. I think mean, that's really important. On that note, I'd love to talk about the Glossier grant because I think that that is just such an amazing accomplishment, but also, also just such an inspiring initiative to, one, watch, but I'm sure also for you be a part of. For those who don't know, Glossier offered grants to 16 Black-owned businesses and Epilogic was one of them. Um, so I'd love to hear a little bit about what that process was like in applying and working with them and kind of what to hear, what what to expect in the next couple of months. So first off, how did you hear about it?
0: So I saw a post on Instagram and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I have to apply for this. And then everyone I know sent me that post as well. And they are like, you need to apply Oh, that's
1: amazing, <laughs> that's how so, you know.
0: That was really cool, right?
1: It's like that feeling when like, there's like an astrology meme that goes around and it gets sent to you by like 30 of your friends and you're just like, right. okay, I get it. Like, I feel seen.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so cool. It was after a while I was like, thank you, I've seen it. Thank you, I've seen it. Thank right. you, I'm on it, you know? I have to say like, I tend to be like super humble, but I remember like writing out the essay answers to that application and I was just like, yes. Like, thank you for these questions. Like I felt really good. Like explaining like how passionate I was about EpiLogic and like how EpiLogic could grow with their help. Like it was just the way they asked all the questions was also like so thoughtful. Um, So I was like, I was loving what they were doing, just even from like the application process, to be honest with you. When I found out I like would have done a cartwheel or a backflip if that still was something that my body could do. It's been incredible, right? Like Glossier did it so right. Um, First off, like they put a fat check in my bank account, which like, thank you. Um, Uh But more than that, it's just, they really opened up all of their experts and made them available to us. I have one lead mentor, her name is Ashley Mayer, and she's a wizard. And when I have sessions with her, like she's so all there, like it's amazing. Right. And no matter what I say to her, we're just sort of like brainstorming about like what my business is going through, what my concerns and dreams are for EpiLogic. She's taking notes and she's like, I'm going to connect you with this person. I'm going to connect you with that person. Wow. So she's facilitated so many other conversations between their leaders in the company that like, I've got to say, I think we've been in the, um, in the grant experience for about four months now. And I've had a call with someone like who's, like, amazingly talented in that organization, like, every two weeks. And they're so there. And at the end of the call, they're always like, you know I'm always here for you, right? Like, you have my contact information. When this is over, like, still bounce your questions off of me. So, like, the the amount of expertise that I've been able to tap into has just, like, I mean, I want them to continue writing checks, but just the advice and access to um, to their experts has been, like, invaluable.
1: Is there a piece of advice that stuck out to you?
0: I will say when I was speaking to Edith Chen, who is their um, their head of supply chain, I was talking about how I sometimes feel a little beat up when I'm interacting with vendors. I'm like, I'm little, and I know they're making products for like the big brands. And I'm like, how do I pull my weight around? And she's like, you tell them you're the future of skincare. Ask them if they want to be associated with old dinosaurs or if they want to be associated with the future, because that's you. Wow. And I was like
1: what? Whoa. Like, I just, uh, <laughs> I, I love like, that. Yeah. And I think, uh, and also that's like ringing. that, I don't know that you're seeing your excitement in the way that you were just talking about writing about your business just validates that person's advice so much to me.
0: Yeah. It's just, it's this mind shift. They all believe in us so much and they're just like empowering us to actualize that potential. And it's, I mean, it's a dream come true.
1: I was so excited when I saw your name on there because you and I had just corresponded about working together on the podcast and I just tried your product and I like cannot end this show without talking about the master plan because it is my favorite product of all time. You were talking earlier about how you always see people with like all of these things on their countertop and I used to be that person. I would like and again we talked about this like I have combination skin, I have oily skin and I would be that person that like fell victim to like the wash, the toner, the five serums the like one other thing and then the moisturizer and my skin would feel so heavy all day and since i've been using the master plan i just wash my face use master plan and then i put moisturizer on and i feel like a million bucks
0: so master plan is my baby right like it was my most daring product and i almost was just like i don't know if i have the guts to get the messaging out to why it's important right because it's so different So Master Plan has human-derived growth factors in it, which most people hear human and they're like, gross, end conversation, I'm done with this.
1: Right. Can you explain what that is really quickly?
0: Totally, right? So we have growth factors in our skin naturally, right? When we're young, we have like tons of it. And
1: as we get older, we lose
0: a little bit every year. What growth factors do, you can kind of think of them if we're going to like get all like scientific-y and geeky, right? It's basically like, There are proteins that signal and tell your skin cells what to do. Like they tell the skin cells to grow, survive, replicate, right? It kind of gets your skin biology doing what it's supposed to do. And you can imagine that when you have less of them, you just have less efficient communication signaling processes in the skin, right? So by replenishing growth factors, you'll end up with skin that looks like a little more supple, a little more firm, a little bit more even toned. It basically puts your skin biology back into check. And the reason I was motivated to bring growth factors into the home realm is because microneedling procedures have like really sort of changed the world of beauty and skincare, right? Like it's such a win to go in and get a quick procedure that like supercharges your own body's biological mechanisms to create more growth factors.
1: Right. Now, so I know you have these products and I know you're working on the Glossier grant right now. What's the end goal that you have with that? Are you looking to maybe whether it's formulate a new product or is it to grow and expand your customer base, what really are you hoping to achieve within those six months with what you're working on right now?
0: You know, even before I started the Glossier Grants, I knew that I wanted to expand the potential of what EpiLogic could achieve for people. And the fact that the lockdown happened right when we started to gain some traction, it really made me want to develop home care devices you know, I have patients that are so like loyal and love coming into the office for their treatments. But how nice would it be to sort of give them mini versions of the treatments that we love in office that are safe and they can do at home?
1: Totally, I love that.
0: That's what I want Epilogic to step into next. I want us to um, really get like home tools and home devices going, so people have great adjuncts to the products.
1: Yeah, and I think you know we've talked about this quite a few times already. It's you want to to find things from a trusted person. You don't want to go to like the cute pink store or use a really expensive eye cream that you don't know works. Like it is so important to find these products from a trusted source. And I think that that's where you guys really excel. And that's so exciting to hear.
0: Thank you. I'm so happy that that like comes through. Like I care so yes. much about each and every product, you know? So um, the fact that there, there's some
1: resonance there like makes my day. Definitely. I want to go through some of the questions that I got on Instagram. What do you think the procedure was that I got asked about the most? Under eye filler. I wish. I kind of wanted it to be that because I'm so curious about it. I got so many questions about this thread lift. Oh,
0: yeah. Thread lifts are awesome. So first off. I'm like, what's this
1: thread lift? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: everyone kind of gets confused about what it is. So if you were to look at the thread that's used for a thread lift, it's really fine. And instead of being totally smooth along its length, it has little projections on it, right? So like think about like a fine suture with just like little barbs, right? And so what is done is we'll make a little entry point somewhere in the face, depending on where we want to thread lift. And then the filament is just passed underneath the skin and you can actually engage the tissues while you're sort of pulling up on the face. And it'll support the tissues in a mildly elevated position. Notice I'm saying support, mild elevation. I think there's a little bit of marketing nonsense around thread lifting as well, where they're saying it's the non-surgical facelift. Nothing is the same as a surgeon literally cutting and moving your tissues to a higher location, right? Like a facelift is a facelift. But for someone who has a little bit of laxity and doesn't need volume, I love thread lifting. If someone actually had laxity and needed volume, I would do fillers, right? I think that's better.
1: But for someone that already has great contours and they have a little bit of descent, um, thread lifts are gorgeous. This was my favorite question of all. It came from my boyfriend who put it in this Oh, thing. cool. As men, what are we doing wrong? <laughs> um, yeah, so men have it so easy. So general, right? so general. Yeah, but I love it,
0: right? Because men, they get away with so much, right? But he doesn't uh, wa- yeah. like
1: he doesn't wash his face. I'm like, this is insane.
0: Right. God, and he still has beautiful like skin, too. It's, ins- right.
1: it's so it's upsetting. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, hormonal fluctuations that women have to go through like totally wreak havoc on our skin. And the fact that they shave, like they're getting exfoliated naturally, right? Wow. Um, I, I would fast. say when I'm kind of like counseling my boyfriend, I'm just like, sunscreen, please. Please, because they tend to be averse to actually doing the products, like doing the skincare and you have to keep it as simple as possible. And so if you're going to use just one thing, please some sunscreen. So I would say that's the thing. I, I don't know that men are um, sort of committed to a daily sunscreen. Routine.
1: On that note, I feel like you might answer this with something we just talked about. What is one thing that you could tell anybody to implement into their beauty routine today and it would make a big difference?
0: Yep. So I have the holy trinity, right? For me, it's you start with sunscreen. If you're not using sunscreen, you're wasting your time. Like don't buy anything else if you're not at least using a daily sunscreen. And then the other two elements that I think round out a really well-considered skincare regimen, a high-quality antioxidant, preferably vitamin C, and I love that for day, and then some form of vitamin A for evening, right? So like a retinol or a prescription retinoid. If you are hitting those three points, you're doing pretty good right like those those are like the essentials i think for a really well considered solid skincare regimen
1: what is the biggest beauty myth you want to debunk uh
0: skin of color doesn't need sunscreen it's like it's horrifying that that myth still exists right that it's thought that like you know skin has like all this melanin and therefore it's protected a skin of color does still get skin cancer albeit at lower rates but they still they're not immune to skin cancer and um you know we suffer from hyperpigmentation more than other skin types you know and so you know our best efforts to reverse that are just undone by uv damage so easily that skin of color doesn't need sunscreen
1: so how can everybody listening right now find you are you doing digital consultations obviously if they're in new york they can make an appointment with you but let us know how we can get in touch with you yes yeah,
0: so my practice brooklynfaceandi.com, um is the that's the website for my practice and um I am offering virtual consultations. You can book there initially, and then we get to sort of like chat from the comfort of your home. and do all elements of your face care routine, you know via virtual. and if you're in New York post virtual, you can come on in and you know we'll do the treatments that we talked about via um, virtual. If you're interested specifically in skincare, um, epilogicskincare.com is the
1: website there. Amazing. Thank you so much. It was so amazing to like, actually get to talk to you and get to know you after email.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Olivia, this was like so much fun. A, like thank you so much for inviting me, and B, like thanks for such a great chat.